Good morning, castaways, and welcome to Twists and Torches. My name is Cameron, and I'm back. I know it's been uh, been a little bit. Uh, my apologies for the lack of episode last week as well as the delay this week. Things have been a little busy over here in Twists and Torches land, but we're finally back on track and here to break down episode three of Survivor 43, entitled I'll Sign the Divorce Papers, which was a very early quote from Jesse that, that we got here. Um, so, so far, so good on Survivor 43. Obviously, we had a really uh, a great premiere. We got two episodes, which was fantastic. Uh, two, two hours of episode and only one tribal council, which is a rarity in Survivor world, but certainly was a positive. We got to learn a lot of the... Um, a lot of the players' motivations, their names, who they're thinking about working with. Episode two, of course, was 90 minutes, which was also pretty good. Uh, we got uh, a good chunk of kind of camp life as well as, you know, the one tribal council. Um, sticking with the one challenge and the one summit. So really, it doesn't take away too much time from the actual ins and outs of the social and strategic game, which I've been liking so far. Um, episode three, of course, a return to the standard hour or 42 minutes with commercials. And we still got a good amount of this. I think they laid a real foundation for uh, who these players are, what their uh, what their strategy is already, that we kind of understand where they're going. And they're really continuing that momentum uh, by sticking with the one challenge. They're not focusing too much on the advantages, like just the right amount of time is being given to uh, both the Beware Advantage as well as the Summits, and then sticking with the one challenge. And they're really not... I noticed they're really not hyping up the survival aspect and the taking away of the flint seems almost like an afterthought. Like, is it really impacting the game that much? They haven't discussed it at length the last two episodes. Uh, I think usually uh, from what I remember about 41 and 42, it was kind of towards like the end of the pre-merge and then kind of the early merge that they really were discussing just how tired and hungry and thirsty they were. So maybe we'll get back to that. But so far, uh, I don't think it's all that necessary. It almost feels like an afterthought, which I don't really mind, to be honest with you. Uh, we're getting a whole lot of social content uh, from each tribe, even the tribe who has not yet been to Tribal Council, which I think is fantastic because of the poor editing of tribes like Luvu um, from 41 and 42. They seem to be making up for that. And uh, I would say overall, I am enjoying the season, but uh, let's get into the nitty gritty here and discuss the specifics of episode three. It was a, it was a pretty good episode. I have my my criticisms, of course, which which should come out during the course of discussion. But uh, overall, I, I was quite pleased with with how it went. So we open up on the Vesey tribe, who was the tribe who had just previously been to tribal council and voted out Justine. Uh, by the way, I was uh Pretty close with that. I, I did predict that Justine would go in the pre-merge, uh, or I, th I think I said early merge, but I, I wasn't super off about the, about that one. So I'll I'll take half I'll take half a point for that one. Uh, and it starts with Dwight talking about how he thought Jesse was on his side and him being aligned closer with Noel, whereas Jesse went to the Cody and Neca. Um, camp, no pun intended there. And he was kind of disappointed, but he does say that just because, you know, his trust in him has lessened, it doesn't mean it's completely gone. And he does still want to work with him in some capacity. And that's going to come up later in the episode. Uh, Cody and Jesse are kind of discussing that, hey, like tribal went exactly how we wanted it to. 
uh, and they they ultimately you know decide that perhaps you know moving forward with this situation is not the the best we need to think about it from all angles and they do still have interest in working with Noel and Dwight it's not just uh just NECA and the two of them as a solid three so a lot of moving parts here at the Vesey tribe we move over to Baca and this is their interesting segment and again I thought this was going to be the train wreck tribe and they do seem uh, kind of a bit hodgepodge um there's some discussion about Gabler's uh, physical health currently. I guess he's having a rough time sleeping, uh, and obviously they're all without food and and too much water. So um, naturally, kind of a man his age would probably have more difficulty than someone who's like Sammy, who's 19 and, and can bounce back pretty quickly from from a lack of sleep. And Ellie's kind of uh, going through this in a in a confessional and explaining that hey, I'm not too sure. Uh, about Gabler anymore and and as someone who you know from the first episode I was like Ellie recognizes this is her shamar this is her her goat essentially her person that she can just kind of take to the end um and I think that uh that really kind of impedes her judgment because just because someone's a little unpredictable and maybe even early on shows a lack of win equity just based on their personality and general demeanor it doesn't mean that they can't pull a move or snake someone or make some make some big shakeup in the game that actually is detrimental to you and that seems to be what ha- what is happening here so sammy tells gabler about ellie and janine searching the bag last episode they searched it so they could read the clue and understand how it worked and then when they did which is it works for two tribal councils so not our tribal councils that gabler attends so it does not count the tribal that Vessi went to. So Gabler's idol is still live for the next tribal that he goes to. Gabler knows this, but Ellie and Janine are thinking, I don't know if Gabler knows this. And so this is a very aggressive strategy, not just to search in his bag, but then to try to convince someone who holds the clue that it actually reads and says something differently in an era where everyone seems to, there's no like true recruits. Everyone seems to at least have seen some survivor, at least the most recent seasons to try to convince someone that their idol that they have the clue for is no longer active. Seems a little bit far fetched. Uh, I think that they greatly underestimate Gabler's intelligence, not just to the point where, um, Ellie thinks she's, you know, a little bit smarter than him in general with the game, but to the point where they think he's very just, and he uses the word slow, that he's just not very smart and that he wouldn't figure this out on his own. Uh, a very, a gross misstep from Ellie and, uh, a serious underestimation of Gabler and Gabler even says that he says, Hey, I'll play the heck. I'll let them underestimate me. Sammy, uh, you know, he's using this to his advantage to get closer to Gabler and Owen is doing something similar, still wanting to kind of seemingly work with Ellie, but at the same time, uh, keeping his options open with Gabler and Sammy. Um, so both of them play this a lot better. Um, they, the edit made Ellie not look super great. And as someone who's been very high on her, I was kind of disappointed in the way that this kind of went, went about, um, 
It doesn't look like she's playing this pre-merge as well as I would have expected. She definitely is being a little bit arrogant, a little bit cocky, and kind of assuming that someone like Sammy or like Gabler is is beneath her in terms of gameplay, um, when really she should be keeping her ears and eyes open because it would be pretty easy to notice that Sammy and Owen are close with Gabler um, if this were the case. And so I'm not really sure what Ellie's game plan is or even who her target is at this point. She said maybe it's Gabler. Um, but at the same time, why would she vote someone out that she underestimates so much? I'm not too sure. So not really sure where Ellie's head's at. Hopefully we get some clarity. And I, I do still have high hopes for her, despite kind of her falling in, in my rankings uh, with this situation. Now at Coco, uh, Carla actually found a beware advantage. Um, I guess everybody was kind of roaming around and the editors did a little bit of a fake out, which I thought was funny, where they did the flashing light thing on the idol or the advantage and Carla wasn't seeing it at the time. Um, and then eventually she was able to to find it. Uh, so they kind of faked us out. I expected her to walk away from it and she actually was able to retrieve it. But she says that because of her uh, playing it safe with the uh, with the protecting her vote and she's been kind of just socially, you know, getting along with everyone and not really taking risks, she decides to actually put the beware advantage back, which I believe is the first time this has happened. Every other time the person has immediately taken it and opened it in the last, um, I believe this would be the eighth iteration of this of a beware advantage being found. Uh, so interesting that this is the first time this has happened, but she has a conversation with James where they kind of discuss risk-taking in the game in general. It seems like her and James have a pretty good working relationship. And she asks him, hey, like, if you were to find a beware advantage, like, what would you do with it? And if I'm James, right, red flags are going off in my head, like, oh, this, this girl definitely found something. But uh, we don't get a confessional or his perspective here. So we're not really sure. It is his birthday, by the way. So they have like kind of like a little celebration. He like openly admits that he wants to go look for an idol, which I thought was interesting. But they kind of glanced over it a little bit into Carla's segment where she was talking about uh, going to look for it. And when she had an opportunity, she did. So she decides after this conversation that, uh, you know what, what's the game of Survivor without taking risks? I'm going to go and grab the uh, the idol or the advantage, and it turns out that it is an idol, but she has to get the beads, much like Jesse, um, I'm sorry, much like Cody had to do in the previous episode. So she has a pretty clever way of doing this. She ends up trading some of her other beads on her bag that she doesn't care about. Um, she ends up uh, trading her earrings to a few people in order to get beads. Um, and she also, uh, you know, makes trades a lot of tur the turquoise beads that she, she knows. So she really gets to know some of these uh, contestants and uses this social uh, leverage into an advantage in the game, which is kind of interesting and not something that happens too often. So I really like this bead one. I will say one adjustment, I wish they were able to steal them because how would you explain that? Like, I think that would be an interesting social challenge if, like, you couldn't get the last one and you couldn't figure out how to ask. You just kind of, like, take it from their bag when they're not looking. I understand that sets, like, a precedent, like, for of stealing things and you're not supposed to, but it's a bead, so uh, it's kind of tricky. But uh, I kind of wish they were allowed to because then they'd have to almost explain themselves and how they why they stole a bead without, you know, setting off alarms that they have an idol. Of course, if I'm James, I'm like, listen, 
she just uh, was talking about it, but we're advantage. Now she's asking everybody for their beans. Uh, that would set off an alarm in my head, and it's possible it has. We just don't really get his perspective, so I'm not too sure. But Carla ends up getting all the beads, so now she has her vote back uh, right away, as well as having an immunity idol. So good for Carla. That was a very smart social play. Next up, we get to the challenge. And this was a pretty standard challenge. Uh, there was a water element to it where you had to swim and you had to retrieve some, uh, after jumping off a platform, you had to retrieve some crates uh, and, you know, there was a buoy with a key. You had to uh, use the key to unlock the puzzle pieces and solve a block puzzle. Uh, so pretty standard uh, physical aspect with kind of obstacles and swimming and then ultimately a puzzle at the end. Not too exciting of a challenge, uh, but Vessi uh, actually had some difficulty they had a big lead early on um noel was really good in the swimming portion of the challenge and they all seemed to pull their weight but ultimately jesse and neca uh kind of failed on the puzzle there and uh it resulted in them losing the challenge uh baka came in first followed by coco uh so they got uh, a larger reward of fruit and then a smaller one respectively but fessy kind of blows a big lead here um, not like a, an insurmountable one. I mean, we've seen some pretty big comebacks in the past, but they did blow the lead on the puzzle. Um, and both Jesse and NECA are kind of to blame for this. I think the edit kind of showed NECA struggling with it more, but uh, Jesse definitely was not exactly uh, the king of this puzzle either. So ultimately, Vessi is going to have to go to tribal. But before that happens, um, they have to send some people to the summit. And what ends up happening is Baka, as the winner, gets to decide who from each tribe is going to go to the summit. So they ended up landing on uh, Noel, James, and Owen from their own tribe. And they were all sent to the summit. At this point, uh, they kind of loosely make a, a group of three, like, hey, we want to work together come the merge. Um, Noel said, hey, I'll, I'll be loyal to you guys. You know, I'm kind of floating out there. Like, I don't have anyone I'm super tight with. So, like, I'm open to, to this. And that kind of jumpstarts the conversation. Ultimately, James and Owen decide that they're going to protect their votes to allow Noel to risk her vote. Um, so this is kind of one of the more interesting aspects of this version of the summit is instead of going off and making a decision privately, they almost like do it in front of each other. And so they can be talking as they're making the decision and uh, each of them does what they say. And so Noel basically is given a free advantage and it ends up being a steal of vote. Um, James and Owen make very good social plays here. I think both are in a position or at least feel they're in a position in their tribe where they're not worried about going home. As a result, this is a kind of a good decision to garner support from someone that is on another tribe where potentially they can leverage that into working with with her and possibly any allies at the merge, um, which could prove huge in the game. Uh, so I think a good decision by both James and Owen here, as well as Noel, recognizing that she's the one in trouble, saying, hey, like, listen, I want to work with you guys, but I need to survive first. So if there's any way I can get this advantage, that could help me. And I think James uh, remarks that he hopes she uses it to kind of uh, take out a big threat on her tribe, and then she can come and work with them potentially. Uh, we get a segment, and this is actually earlier on in the episode, but just, just to talk about NECA a little bit, uh, as well as Noel, uh, we get two kind of major, uh, I don't want to call them, I mean, they're, they're, they, they're called sob stories on like singing competition shows or cooking competition shows. And it does feel like Survivor, um, with 41 and 42, 
one or two of them was about that kind of like challenging upbringing um but it wasn't to this degree like they they were mostly to showcase where the player came from and their personality and you can even trace that back to like Ty back in Ko Rong talking about his refugee upbringing um and when he was climbing the tree looking for fruit um he was talking about how he used to do that back back when he was a, a child but both both Noel and I, I really enjoyed both stories um, independently of Survivor, just kind of hearing about Noel's story and how um, she wasn't she's not a quitter. And it's kind of um, she doesn't want to she despite her accident, she got back on the field within two years playing lacrosse uh, in college, uh, Massachusetts. Shut up. Uh, and then ultimately went on to be a Paralympian. Um, and she, I believe, came in like sixth in the world or something was what she said. Uh, obviously, great story. And then Neka's story about the charity that she works with, um, her being Nigerian. She, you know, has a special place in her heart for this. Um, you know, it's a, it's a charity helping people who have been displaced by um, some difficult situations uh, in Africa. And independently, you know, I, I was thinking... These are great stories, but kind of together and also together with the general demeanor of things, uh, it does feel like Survivor is trying too hard to be inspirational and uplifting. Uh, almost like I got like a This Is Us vibe from it that it's supposed to make you sad or make you think. And for me, that's not my favorite part of Survivor. I, I like when people overcome obstacles in the game, when their background lends itself to overcoming those obstacles. Um, sometimes when someone is just playing a really dominant game and gets knocked down a peg, or and even if they stumble and they get back up, or if it's ultimately their downfall, I like that, you know. Uh, but Survivor also is about goofy characters and comic relief and fun challenges, interesting social dynamics. Sometimes people are really kooky and crazy. There's so much to love about it. And it it, it does feel like, if, if I may rant for a moment, it does feel like it's becoming a little bit homogenous with the everybody's great. We're supposed to like everyone. It's supposed to be homogenous. And like maybe like one or two people are slightly villainized. And oftentimes it's for the same thing. It's because they you know, we're a little bit insensitive. Like I'm thinking of like Jonathan from last season. And it's unfortunate because I miss like the interpersonal conflict. Like we had a great segment with Gabler, Ellie, Sammy, and, and Owen and that tribe and how, um, you know, Ellie was underestimating people. Like that's the kind of conflict that I think is interesting. Um, not necessarily a true like villain or anything like that, but just kind of the way that people are presented that they, they make, blunders and mistakes in survivor and oftentimes it's interpersonal i think that's interesting but it does feel like survivors trying too hard to lean into the hey everyone is inspirational this game is about taking risks this game is about this this game i'm playing this game for my mom i'm playing it for this charity i'm playing it to show these people that you can do it um it feels very singing show and that's not the kind of reality tv that i personally am favored towards you know sometimes it's interesting but it's not my cup of tea and uh it's it's just getting to be a little much for me again the stories outside of the episode of survivor that i'm watching are inspirational but it feels that when they're kind of all put together into this product that we're watching it's a little 
much. And that's why I guess I'm struggling with watching it every week and just noticing it kind of piling up. Um, it got to this point, I think it was 42, but there were some moments in 41 as well where it seemed to be going that direction, where it was just a little too much. And, and I do feel that way as well now. This season, only three episodes in, that they're they're pushing really hard on this. Um, and obviously, these two individuals have a story to tell. But when you start to venture into when it's just a, just a person and it's like, you know, I'm not not to take away from anyone's struggles, but everyone in their life has had reasons to have difficulty. It's it's just generally how how life goes. Uh, and just to, to kind of hammer on with that, it, it's just it's getting old fast. Um, and I hope that they temper it. And I hope that this is the big inspirational episode this season. And then moving forward, it's not quite to this level. Um, again, I, I'm, I don't work for CBS. I don't work on Survivor. I don't know how they go about choosing what to put in each episode, but I, I do hope that they recognize that this is a little much and character moments are great. Interactions between characters are great, but, uh, it seems forced. Um, and, and it feels like a, a different reality show and not very Survivor. So that's, that's my rant for the episode. Um, it's just a little much. Just, just tone it down just, just a little bit, Jeff. Would you, would you help us out? So, uh, back to Vessi, and they're they're about to vote someone out. Uh, Jesse really sets up a, a top tier, in my opinion, top ten Survivor meme. In, uh, of course, famously, Sierra Easton voting out her mother, Laura Moret, in Blood versus Water, and then Jeff remarking. Uh, before Game Changers when they're announcing her as part of the cast that she voted out her mom. Uh, one of my favorites, and of course, Jesse sets this up. He voted out his mom uh, by saying that Necker reminds him of his mother. And of course, it's not said in jest. It's very serious because Jesse lost his mother at some point. Uh, and he, you know, is feeling bad about having to vote her out, essentially, because him and Cody are flipping sides to send NECA home. They do cite tribe strength. They they believe that Noel and Dwight are the way to move forward and hopefully win the next couple challenges and not have to send anyone else out. Which, to be fair, um, Dwight's performance and Noel's performance are probably significantly better than NECA's have been so far. Although Jesse has left a little bit to be desired, um, to be honest with you. Uh, in the challenge department, especially on this puzzle, but obviously he can't vote himself out. Uh, so ultimately, that is what they decide to do. Um, Noelle comes back with the advantage, and she kind of plays it close to the vest, and she even remarks that as a Survivor fan, I like that I'm doing this. Um, kind of toots her own horn a little bit there, um, which I thought was interesting, but um, very smart of her to kind of be a little bit vague about what went on at the summit. Um, but she does have that steal vote, doesn't end up needing it because it's an easy four to one vote on NECA. Um, and it's interesting because uh, Tribal Jeff poses the question, like, how confident are you? And Jesse's trying to kind of reset those expectations because people are using different. I was reminded it's funny because like Dwight is on this tribe and it's Survivor. And it reminded me very much of the Office episode where Michael gives different points, like a gold star, five points and a high five. And Pam is like taking notes uh, to decide, you know, who is going to be the next manager. Michael believes he's going to be getting a corporate job at this point. And they have like a survivor day where they do competitions. 
And uh, Pam is like, well, I don't know who's winning because you keep giving people different types of points. And Michael asks her uh, to look in the back of the notebook. It's like a standard notebook if there's a conversion chart. Uh, just a, a good a good joke. And this tribe reminds me very much of that uh, when Jesse's talking about, oh, there's different ways you can do surveys and he does it for a living. And Jeff keeps, you know, people keep answering how confident they are in different ways. So Jeff kind of resets it and goes out of 10. How confident are you? And Jesse says 10. Very confident. Um, NECA is also confident, but interestingly, Noelle is not, but she still has the wherewithal to hold her advantage, recognizing uh, most likely Dwight kind of reassured her like, yeah, I think we're on the right track. Uh, NECA is definitely going. And ultimately, uh, that is what ends up happening. Uh, interesting that she got the very sad hero music, like the astronaut Dan Serian Game Changers music. Like I was like, oh, that's a bit jarring she was only on three episodes and while she was seemed perfectly pleasant there wasn't uh, a ton uh i guess to note about that like i thought it was interesting that that they went with that for a third boot it might be the first time they've ever done that uh, i will say so i was a little bit wrong on that guy i actually thought she was going to make a fairly deep run to kind of the mid to late merge just before the finale um I think she was the first person I evaluated, to be fair. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't say she was a winner pick, but I really didn't think she was going to go mid-merge. Um, from her personality, I thought she was going to be very well, uh, easy to get along with. And that does seem to be the case. I think that a lot of people on the tribe liked her and that the legitimate reason for Jesse and Cody was actually tribe strength and that they they valued the other two tribe members a little bit more in terms of challenge performance. So I think if the Vessi tribe had won a few more uh, challenges and hadn't gone to tribal as much, even if they went to their second tribal, say episode five or six, I think that NECA would have gone a little bit further. So uh, I did like her as a character. I would have liked to have heard more from her. I think just to kind of hammer her story and just to fit it into the boot episode seems a little bit um, disingenuous, not disingenuous, but uh, kind of, again, forced by the Survivor editors to kind of be like, oh, NECA has the story, we want to tell it, but she's going home, so we're just going to stick it in here, um, even though we already did the Noel segment. So, uh, uh, yeah, a little bit off there, but um, ultimately, NECA does go. Um, I don't think she made any big mistakes necessarily in terms of social game. I thought she got along well and she had made bonds, but um, ultimately, the the I think the puzzle performance really sold it for, for Jesse and Cody. So um, yeah, it should be interesting if, if Vessi ends up going again, I can't imagine Noel doesn't steal the vote seeing uh, kind of what she's up against. It seems to be kind of two against two, um, you know, either Cody or Jesse would have to turn on the other one or Dwight would have to turn on her, but I, I seriously doubt that. So I could see it being her stealing either Jesse or Cody's vote and voting them out. Um, if, if Vessi goes again, but, uh, I feel like they may not, uh, with Coco having to sit out too, um, you know, they have a pretty big advantage there, but I do think that there's a good chance. Um, there's a very good chance that the Baca tribe ends up back at tribal, uh, at least once, maybe two more times and Coco doesn't go at all. So that's my prediction. I don't think we're getting any kind of swap just like 41, 42. I think it's too short. And with the three tribes of six, I think it's kind of perfect to do five tribals before doing uh pseudo merge. 
where one person is uh, voted out and doesn't technically make the merge tribe. They can also do some kind of exile thing where they don't get picked or they don't draw the right rock and they end up on exile kind of similar to Julia from Korong, where they're by themselves for a little while before ultimately rejoining the, the merge tribe and making it. So uh, a couple different things they could do. I don't know exactly how similar it's going to be to 4142, but I guess we'll see. Um, I'm excited because there's been a lot of great developments, even on non-tribal tribes. Um, I will say uh, Coco got a little bit less. It was mostly focused on Carla and the advantage. So they got a little bit less social than than I would have liked in terms of other players besides Carla. Um, so not really sure where they're at, but we did get a good amount from Baca and that should be a really interesting spicy tribal coming up. Uh, I really hope they go next time, to be honest, just to see what happens. I, I like Ellie, but um, there's a good chance that she actually ends up going pre-merge, which would be very disappointing for me, but at the same time would make for, for good Survivor. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully we'll be back on time next week for episode four. Um, go ahead and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a friend if uh, if you feel like it. And if you enjoy it, uh, give us a like or a good rating wherever. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TwistsNTorches. That's the letter N. Um, and uh, if not, uh, thanks for listening and uh, see you next time.